You're listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer and Mark Alderman. All right, Mark, we're back again with our friend and partner, the great James Schultz, former counsel to the associate counsel to the president or whatever you were, Jim. What were you, Jim? I was senior associate counsel. Senior associate. Of course you were senior. (laughs) So, guys, I can't even go to London for a couple of days to see a client. I come back and Bernie Sanders has done a hostile takeover of the Democratic (laughs) Party. As best as I can tell, the winner in this whole thing is Showtime because Showtime is guaranteed, whether it's Bernie or Trump for the next four years, they're guaranteed to be able to run another four years of our cartoon president. And no matter who <laughs> right. it is, Fair either enough. one of them fits the bill. Yeah. Mark, what the well, hell is what the hell is going on with your party? So let's back up a step. The convention is in July in Milwaukee. There will be a candidate nominated. Mark, stop. Then. This sounds stop. so much like 2016. Stop. So much like 2016. Everybody was saying the same thing. Mark, a socialist. And a the sociopath. Guy, a, socialist I, I, and a, a socialist and a sociopath. Forget about that. Bernie and Trump. Forget about that. I went on his Wikipedia page, on Bernie Sanders' Wikipedia page the other day. It says, Bernie Sanders... Are you applying for a job in his administration? I don't think so. (laughs) It says, Bernie Sanders has been a member of the Democratic Party since 2019 and was previously a member of the Democratic Party from 2015 to 2016. Need I say more? His Wikipedia page... It's a sabbatical. Everyone's entitled to time off. It is not as funny as we're making it seem. It's actually a very frustrating mess because you have a clear majority, any which way you count. You have a clear majority of what used to be the Democratic Party that favors a candidate other than Bernie, and we are on a path to nominating Bernie And there are lots of reasons for that, but all of them are are frustrating and probably unpreventable at this point. And look, he's he's a very effective, to my eye, I think he's a very effective campaigner. Like, obviously he is. He is. And when he speaks, he commands attention and he comes across as authentic and that's all good. But when When you embrace Fidel Castro, of course, you're going to get attention. (laughs) Right. I mean, right. Come the, on. Late, the late Fidel Castro, please. And so, and if you if you if you actually read what the guy has written and said, he has literally written he wants a second American revolution. And I mean, if you read his stuff, I'm not saying he can't win. I think he can beat Trump. But at at what cost? Because the guy is a he's a bona fide socialist. He is a bona he wants to turn the United States of America into a kibbutz. Mark, well, how how's that going to mesh? Father with Father was a Holocaust survivor, so he comes by the kibbutz part, honestly, at least. And he's he is out of sync 
with a majority of the party, but Howard and Jim, he may not be out of sync with a majority of the country. He may be. We don't know. I'm sorry to say we may find out, but let's just break it down, if we may, into into pieces. We got to see what happens next because he is clearly on a path to get a plurality of the delegates. It is very likely, certainly more likely than not, that he gets a plurality. It's also more likely than not that he does not get a majority. And if we can possibly achieve something even more troublesome than nominating Bernie in the primaries, it will be not nominating Bernie at the convention you know, the, by taking I, it away from him. I think the mainstream Democratic Party's coming to Bernie, though. They're embracing the Green New Deal in Congress. They're embracing Medicare for all in Congress. They're embracing no. everything no. the squad is looking for in Congress. No. The majority of folks in Congress are for the Green New Deal. Majority of the Democrats in Congress. Mark, yeah, yeah, where's yeah. your party going here? Yeah, Jim. Jim, great again, talking points, well well done, well rehearsed. But Jim, you know that Medicare for all does not have a, the support of a majority of Democrats in the House. It does not have the support of a majority of Democrats in the Senate. It ain't happening even if Bernie is What about is the Green the New Deal, Mark? Green New Deal is something that a lot of people oh, I, I'm have talking all the way around this one. I can't conceptually wait. Conceptually bought into. <laughs> Come but, on. But it isn't a program. There's no legislation squirming, Mark. in there. No, the party is in flux. But why is it then, Jim, since you're an authority on on the Democrats, apparently? No, I'm why, just I'm just I'm just watching as a spectator. Well, why is it that if you add up all the other candidates, they're way beyond half of the people who have come out to vote? But no denying that this party is is looking for a leader. And the one thing that Bernie is, give him, give him his due, he is a leader. He, is, he may be leading his movement off a cliff. But people are lining up to follow the man. He is, as Howard was saying a minute ago, he is a heck of a candidate. He is Trump-like in that he has the attention and affection and following of of his followers. Mark, you and I were there last year. and I, I can't believe I could say this. I was at the Democratic Convention with Mark doing some TV last year. Yeah. You could feel it outside that stadium. The anger, the Bernie supporters, they felt they got burned. And now they're just all coming back to roost. Isn't that what's happening? Well, Isn't that what's happening now? A couple of things are happening. First of all, you didn't have to go outside the hall. It was happening inside the hall. You're right, Mark. It we was. Second of all, I can guarantee you that Mark felt more out of place in Cleveland at the Republican convention than you did in <laughs> right. Philadelphia at the Democratic convention. Yeah. Among other things, Jim, we appreciate you coming to our convention, but it was a mile and a half from your house. Okay. That's I, true. I That's had true. to go. I had to go to Cleveland, but, but yeah, the party is in flux from the debacle of, of 2016 
And sure, the the Bernie people are passionate. The Bernie people are committed. The Bernie people are organized. The Bernie people are focused. And no one else is. This is not so much, and to me, this is not so much an ideological majority of the party seeking a second American revolution as it is a substantial minority of the party being much, much, much better at this campaign than anybody else. Unfortunately, there has been a failure of leadership on the part of the center. And maybe that changes in South Carolina, maybe not unlikely to change on Super Tuesday. But again, if if you're looking ahead, I I don't think he's going to the convention with a majority of delegates, and then it gets really bad for the Democrats and Jim, really better for for your yeah, team. The, the fact that we're even having that discussion is 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 disturbing. But Howard, let. I know I'm going to get mocked again for taking a step back, but I'm not that eager to be standing in the mess that you guys want me to be in the middle of. But something obviously, Howard and Jim, is going on in this country because without my usual vitriol and and venom, let's just stipulate that the election of Donald Trump as president was unusual. What has happened to the Republican Party under Trump has been a significant development in the history of that party. And now the Democratic Party is experiencing something in equally unusual in the other direction. There's something going I, on out there. I, there is. But where are the new voters? Sorry, Howard. Where are the? I, I just read an article today talking about how Bernie had promised to bring all these new voters to the Democratic Party, and and it was a, it was a left leaning article that said, look, that just isn't happening. He's not bringing new people. What do you think about that, Mark? Is well, that, I I said it here last week. I, uh, the, I'll say it again. The revolution hasn't arrived yet in the primaries. We have not seen in the turnout in the three races so far all those promised revolutionaries turning out to vote. Now, we're getting into states where the revolutionaries live, and we may we may see it if we don't then this is going to be McGovern-like in November. If we do, you may get surprised and and see a Sanders administration because, again, the, you got to look beyond the Beltway. This is the Beltway briefing. We're looking beyond it. Something is going on out there. There are a lot of people who may or may not show up to vote for Bernie but who are outside the system, who are outside your party, Jim, outside what's left of my party. And and if they show up to vote, this is going to be quite an election. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty obvious what what is what's going on out there. It's not it's it's very com it's both complex and simple at the same time. People are being displaced. By technology, the economy's changing, 
And it's not just the U.S., but every industrialized country hasn't been able to to keep up. And people feel like they don't have a voice. And so when they have the opportunity and add to that bailouts and bonuses from well, 10 I was years gonna, ago. Howard, I was going to say, my fault. not your fault. Jim and I are very proud of your, your service. And, you know, that's sincere. But, but there is a commonality. On Bernie's side and Trump's side, as you get towards the the far extremes, there's a commonality that is a hangover from the recession. Definitely. And, and a hangover from the bailouts and a hangover from the fact that nobody went to jail. There, there's These guys, if you go far enough around the bend on each side, actually meet on a lot of... Yeah, no question. Yeah. No question. We're still in the middle of the polit we're still in the middle of the political workout. And clearly we're not we're not done yet. But Mark, the difference between Trump and Bernie is yes, from a personality perspective and on maybe a couple of issues, uh Trump has made the Republican Party come to him. But Trump is just about Trump and he, we know he's not really a Republican, but he was willing, he saw an opportunity. He was willing to adopt the Republican position on conservative judges, for example, and, and bring and come to the Republican party. And he's just a vessel for the things that the Republic, the conservative Republicans want to see Bernie isn't coming to the Democratic Party. And and he's ideological. It's not about Bernie egotistically. It's about Bernie philosophically. And philosophically, he is he's believes in communal living. He believes in Fidel Castro <laughs> well, and he Russia in Obama Union policy. And maybe there's commonality between Trump and Bernie on the Soviet Union, too. It's now Russia, of course, but I, they, they both seem to have, uh, have something going on there. But, but take, <laughs> let's just take a deep breath, okay? Let's just take a deep breath. He's not the nominee yet. He may be. He's certainly the favorite. There's no denying that. He is the favorite because he is focused, he is organized, he is well-funded, he has revolutionized, there has been a revolution, he has revolutionized fundraising in the presidential uh, sweepstakes on the Democratic side. And, and we will see what happens from here to there is critical, because if if the guy you read about on the Wikipedia page is the nominee of the party, if if there isn't a revolution, there isn't going to be a Sanders administration. That's for sure, because the middle of the party and the middle of the country are not signing up for that. Let's see. Let's see who Bernie looks like if he gets that far. The guy. Hey, Mark, what do you the guy? Obviously, really wants to be president. He's literally risking his life to be president. 
We'll see what he is willing to do. Look at Mark bringing up his health now. <laughs> Anything he can do. Anything he can do. So, yeah. so Mark, what do you think? I you, think he should do push-ups. I think the vice president <laughs> had the right idea. Let's. So, so what do you think about the impact of a Bernie candidacy has on these Trump-leaning Democratic congressional districts, House districts, where you have Democrats sitting in them, and Trump won them in 2016. How do you think that impacts those districts? I don't think Bernie is good for the down ballot races if he's the Wikipedia page Bernie. Let's see. Let's see if the party can possibly organize itself behind him if he is the nominee. My, You guys are missing my fear. I fear a Sanders nomination by the rules less than I fear Bernie going to the convention with 38% of the delegates, the next guy, Biden or Buttigieg or whomever, having 19% and the convention taking it away from him. That to me is the end of the Democratic Party. That's a gift. That's a gift for the Republican Absolutely. Party. End of the Democratic Party. People stay home. Yeah. Yeah. That's my fear. I'd rather take my chances with a legitimate Sanders by the rules. He went out and won it nomination than the party taking it away from him at the convention. Ah, and you're being too pure. Why? I want to win. Oh, I, I think, I I think you win. get in places like Pennsylvania. I think Mark might be. Mark is definitely on to something here because I think – if it's stolen away, yeah. right, there's a certain segment of the population that's not going to be energized for Bernie, certain segment segment of the Democratic population, right, that we, we can all agree to yep. that. I mean, Mark, yeah, yeah. Mark may be one of them, right? So, but on t I think you have a worse situation where you have an election stolen away from Bernie at the, at the convention. And now you have all these folks that were energized behind him. Just they don't show washing up. Washing their hands of yeah, the Democratic they Party don't show and staying up. home. I think in places like suburban Philadelphia, yeah, massacre, center city Philadelphia, that's where they need to get votes in order to win Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is the the keystone state right. to this election. No way, right? They win Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, Jim, I agree. That's what I'm trying to say. Again, it, how we get from here to there really matters a lot, and. There's a chance he just wins the damn thing, in which case we'll find out if there's a revolution or not. There's, I think, equally good a chance as equally good a chance that it gets taken from him and then it, there, there is no party. And that there goes the House, because you were asking about those, dis, those districts. Bernie plays better in those districts as the legitimate nominee of the party than does anyone else they give it to. So let's let's see. Let it, it's very perverse. I'm rooting for somebody to knock them off, but what I'm certainly not rooting for is for somebody to take it away from them. So what's going to happen tonight? Tonight's the pre-South Carolina Super yeah. Tuesday debate. Smackdown. Smackdown. Are they going to kneecap them? They got to. Everybody on that stage has got to slow Bernie down or they got no future. And I expect all the all the artillery to be aimed in Bernie's direction. It'll it'll be entertaining. It it won't 
be especially good for the party. But let's see. There are just some interesting. Maybe it'll be, you can't. You can't let perfect be the enemy of the good. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll see. We'll see. The crazy thing out there is that the fantasy of Mike Bloomberg being the salvation of the party seems to be slipping away. Joe could come back. Joe needs to survive the debate. He needs to win South Carolina by five, six, seven points. Maybe, maybe that happens, and then maybe he's competitive. Amy's got to go home. Tom's got to go home. It's hard to send Pete home since he has done very well, but there's no path. There's no path for Pete. So that leaves, Howard, your, I guess, your second favorite candidate, where be, Elizabeth and Bernie. How, how do you personally rate Two of your favorite people. She could actually be the unity candidate in this. Uh, I was going to violate uh, the censorship rules and, and characterize the party, but in, in this messed up party. Well, that is that clearly isn't going to happen because she's got n- no traction, very little traction. Um she says she hasn't shown up. I mean, it's, no, I agree. I don't, I don't pathetic. think it's happening. Um, I think, you know, one thing that struck me is you really have to drill down. Look, I'm always a fan when, when we're out talking to the people in government, you always have to read what they actually say and not just by the headline that's put out on them. And I, I think, you know, if you go and read Bernie's Green New Deal issue section on his website, it's it's impressive. It's very detailed. I think that's an issue. I don't think all these issues are created equally. Medicare for all is a BS issue. That's never getting through Congress. I don't care if you have a, a Democratic Congress. It's not getting through right. Chuck I Schumer. Agree. Right. So... That's a BS issue, and there's virtually nothing on his website on that. But the Green New Deal, A, I think that could be a winning political issue. There are a tremendous number, particularly of younger Republican voters, Jim, who care greatly about climate change. That issue polls the the emergency of climate change, at least as I see it, polls very, very well in certain parts of the Republican Party. It's not just a Democratic issue. I think that's an issue where Bernie Sanders could generate a lot of appeal in a general election. Here's the, the counter to that, though, is how did he how did Trump win Pennsylvania the last time and Ohio the last time in Pennsylvania and Ohio? You are sitting on one of the largest gas right. reserves in the world. To say as part of that deal, he's going to ban fracking, he might as well just forget about Pennsylvania and Ohio. True. So how do you win a presidency without this? Well, I don't know how you do it. It depends who votes. Okay. He didn't win. Trump didn't win Pennsylvania simply by turning out every angry white guy in the state, although he did do that. He also won Pennsylvania because Hillary couldn't turn out the African-American population in Philadelphia. Hillary couldn't turn out 
the younger generations of voters. And now we're back to the revolution. There, See, I, I believe the Democrats that, are really sorry, Mark, but really screwing themselves because oh, yeah. <laughs> one of my th- one of my thoughts all along has been if you get a moderate like a Joe Biden, quote unquote moderate, none of them are moderates. But if you get a a rational person that can work with both sides of the aisle through the nomination, then maybe somebody that you know is going to siphon off votes from Trump runs as an independent and kneecaps Trump politically from from that perspective, thereby guaranteeing a win for the whoever the Democrat is in a general. But that isn't going to happen. I mean, maybe that's a pipe dream anyway, but it isn't going to happen no one's going to do that if it's Bernie Sanders. No, Sounds right. That's right. Yeah. Nobody. Sounds right. Sounds right. No, nobody yeah. is going to. People are not going to want to take out Trump if it's they're going to hold their noses. As I saw a corporate leader quoted the other day, I'll hold my nose and vote for Trump. Yep. A Democrat. They don't yep. No, People are just aren't going to accept this guy in the White House. Well, we we will see it again we're we're back to it depends on whether the revolution arrives or not certainly a lot of democrats are are staying home i don't know that they actually vote for trump whomever you read about says he will she will ethan alderman i'm always citing as our most loyal listener he's staying home he's not voting for trump he's not voting for bernie he lives in New York, so we can we can spare his vote. But I I just remember Jim 2016. I remember standing with you the night before the election in front of the map. I remember saying the party, your party, had served up the dream candidate for even Hillary Clinton to take down. And we all know by morning that that hadn't happened. Be careful what you wish for is my my message to the president and all of his his tweeting about the party not taking it away from from Bernie. If, does he actually think you know him? You get to talk to him, Jim. Does he actually think he's fooling anybody? He doesn't really think anybody believes that he's worried about it being taken away from Bernie for any reason other than he wants to run against. Look, I don't think I firmly believe that he doesn't fear any of these candidates at this point in time. Um, I just don't. But at the same time, you know, he's he's a guy who likes to stir the pot. He's stirring the pot and you're making it. The Democrats are making it easy. Yeah, we don't need a pot stirring. Tell him the next time you yeah. see him that we're we're taking care of the pot all by ourselves. He's stirring the yeah. Pot. Tell him to save it for the general. We're, we're doing all the pot stirring that the party needs right now. But but again, I got mocked for starting with Milwaukee in July. Long time. And we just got to see what happens next. I, I'm repeating myself when I say that how this plays out is as important as who ends up at the end with the nomination. And, you imagine, and I don't have any great confidence that it's going to play out well. By the way, can you imagine the 
bloodbath, the the first midterm election bloodbath for the Democrats <laughs> if Bernie were the president. I mean, well, it, sure, we just uh, went through. We just saw the uh, first midterm on under Trump. Yeah, well, and that wasn't that. You know, at the end of the day, that wasn't the, at least the the House of Representatives was not insurmountable coming up in 2020. So, you know, it was not the 2010 wave that we saw the Republicans have. Right. So I feel pretty good about Congress yep. going in 2020, yep. especially with them at the top of the ticket. Well, yeah, it's not 2010 because you've had a decade of gerrymandering and voter suppression. So you're oh, in come better on, shape. The, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania drew the lines here, redrew the lines here. And let's not say that was fair or nonpartisan. Oh, I, I thought, we can debate I, that on I another thought they show. did a pretty good job. Yeah, they worked out <laughs> yeah, real well for you. They, nice <laughs> they worked out real right. well for you. Right. <laughs> I, I kind of thought, I, I was proud of them. I thought they did a nice job. Of course yeah. you are. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I keep coming back to this convention, because it is, after all, how we pick our nominee. You guys know, as veterans of conventions, Jim, you were part of it in Cleveland. I, I watched you do it. The very first thing that happens is the convention adopts a set of rules. And that's where this is all going to come down. If Bernie gets there with 42% of the delegates, he only needs to find another 8%, 9% on the rules vote, on the rules vote to get rid of the superdelegates on the second ballot. And and then in the, then it is upside down, inside out, and and he wins. So, how, I, again, how this happens is going to be fascinating. So we've got the ultimate capitalist in Michael Bloomberg running against the ultimate socialist in Bernie Sanders. Well, I think Eugene, the ghost of Eugene Debs would disagree with that. Although Eugene Debs was, is Bernie's yeah. hero. The ultimate capitalist that keeps apologizing for everything that he's done for capitalism. And in addition for everything he's done for law enforcement and other things. When you come out, when you don't come out swinging, but you come out apologizing, it doesn't make for a successful. Spoken like a true Trumpster. Right. <laughs> he needs, yeah, Jim, you need to give him a call. There's a debate in a couple hours. Can you get to Bloomberg and just for the entertainment value of it, see, tell him to, to stand his ground. That my, my prediction is he's going to go so over the top tonight to try to be on offense yep. that it's going to be so disingenuous. No one believes it. I mean, I think it's going to, he's going to go the other way and he's going to look, even worse right, after tonight. Right. Well, no, I think that's look, plausible. Yeah, and that's okay because, uh, again, if he isn't going to consolidate the moderates and compete with Bernie, let's just get him out of the way. Mike Bloomberg showing up in Milwaukee with 20% of the delegates is exactly the scenario I'm, I'm saying is, is – going to be a disaster for for this party if if somebody isn't going to compete they they really need to stand down starting i think was with amy and and tom i guess they go through south carolina 
but you know, the Klobuchar campaign, and you guys know that I'm a fan and have done what I could along the way to help her. But the Klobuchar campaign, the campaign manager, our friend Howard Justin Bone, put out a memo today that NBC somehow ended up with talking about their Super Tuesday strategy and the $4.5 million ad buy that they have done for Super Tuesday, (laughs) which is the amount of money that Mike Bloomberg is spending, Jim, in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. That's right. I was going to say, that's what he's spending in a congressional Yeah, Not even the whole district, just just the county. So So she's, she's done. Back She's at the done. ranch. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Jim, you've got Kudlow and Trump declaring that the coronavirus will be fully contained and disappear on its own. And you've got the CDC issuing an all points bulletin that we should all shelter in place and hide <laughs> for the next six months all at the same time. Go figure the bureaucracy saying the sky is falling. And Trump is saying everything's okay. And somewhere in the middle is well, is probably where this thing lands. And I think it's probably closer to what Trump is saying, right? Like, it's so easy for somebody to come out and say the apocalypse is coming. And without any appreciation for the consequences to that, Trump has a right to be mad at those folks. And he has a, he has a right to, to be upset with the CDC and the way they've handled it. Are you basing that on your extensive well. medical education, Jim? <laughs> really, really? We're going to prognosticate, right? Like the CDC is all like these, the bureaucracy is always right. Is that what you're saying, Howard? No, 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 no. no. Maybe you were in it no, too long. But I am going to. Wait, I, I don't know. I think if you add up all the years in government. Like BB administrative state. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, you didn't know Howard was a charter member of the deep state, Jim. Howard, Howard's a deep state guy. I, I don't use the deep state. So, Howard, let me ask you a question. I'm going to play moderator for a minute. You have talked a lot and and very knowledgeably about the markets and the markets are future looking and the markets don't like uncertainty. Well, the markets are siding with the CDC. <laughs> that that's yeah. pretty clear. What what are they telling us? What that what is happening? They're anticipating economic um, decline an economic decline, a decline in corporate earnings because there isn't going to be as much economic activity, which is why the market's down. It's not just, I mean, some of it is obviously psychological, but it's not just psychological. It's somewhat scientific in the sense that there it's actually based on a forecasted decline in corporate earnings, which is very foreseeable based on what's going on. I don't know whether it's whether this thing is going to die out or not. None of us, nobody knows if we knew the answer to that, we wouldn't be doing this for a living, but, um, but the market clearly sees some decline in, in corporate profits and that's what it's reacting to. Well, I would, this will surprise you, Jim, because we know I blame everything on Trump and I have evidence by the way, to back up most of it. But uh, 
He's not you and Adam. He's Schiff. not responsible for the coronavirus, and I would rather have the coronavirus not destroy the world economy and Donald Trump get reelected than than the opposite. But it it is an X factor in this in this election. It is. I hope not for everybody's sake. The economic. Uh, fortunes and the lives, obviously, but but it is an X factor. It, it is a black swan potential, and and who knows why anybody would think Bernie's better able to deal with it? <laughs> right. I don't know why. So all of a sudden, socialism is going to solve that no that problem. People, but you I, know, I know, and it. I know that but with people when things are not going well people throw the bums out and they'll try anything so i even i am rooting for trump not to go down because of a pandemic but but i you know a couple more days like the last two and i think some people who were lukewarm about trump uh, are going to be shaking their heads then we get back to the alternative and and what a world also there's like china is already shut down to a significant degree so some of this is well we're going to see a prolonged economic shutdown i mean we're already seeing the effects it's going to continue who knows what's in store for us but you've got europe although mark i think legitimately some of the monday morning less the tuesday market reaction but the, i think some of the monday morning market reaction was also bernie interesting okay interesting but that means that very insightful well but that means there's concern that he could actually win this thing i would think i would think that the wizards of wall street uh, of whom i am most certainly not one I would think the Wizards of Wall Street would want Bernie running against Trump. Uh, you know, I, th yes. Well, no, I don't think they, I don't think If Wall you Street... want Trump to be president, you probably want Bernie to be the nominee. No, no. If you're on Wall Street, you don't want to even play with that <laughs> <Okay>. fire. <laughs> okay, fair Bernie enough. Bernie Sanders... That's is so bad for the financial services sector. Even Elizabeth Warren, you'd rather have her than Bernie Sanders. I mean, yeah. no, you don't you play with that. Bernie. Yeah, I'll take that from the the former Treasury official, yeah. right? <laughs> no, that sounds right. That sounds right. The thing about Bernie, he's, yeah, Bernie is Bernie and Elizabeth Sanders are not the same candidate. That that's the point that you were making, Howard, and that. It is true. She at least stands up there and says she's a capitalist. She at least stands up there and says that billionaires should exist. There should just be fewer of them and they should pay higher taxes. Bernie, <laughs> Bernie doesn't say either of those things. So he's, he's, I know you don't think Mark that his personality is as divisive as the guy oh, in no, the white no, house. Oh, you no. think he's, Okay. Well, I, no, no, I agree with you. Nothing's as bad as what we got. I know you don't think Bernie's that. got my vote. He's incredibly divisive. He wouldn't be a friend to either of the major parties. 
and if he actually got the White House. And um, I just I think that um, he it would be the worst. It would be bad policy with a bad guy all at the same time. All kidding aside, policy aside, what I object to most about the Sanders candidacy is exactly what you just said. He is an excessively divisive figure. He is pitting people against people, Americans against Americans. He is almost the match of the incumbent in doing that. And that is that isn't gonna do this country any good. We gotta move to the middle, not to further division. And that's why, again, X of policy, apart from the policies that he can't implement anyway, as we were saying earlier, putting more division in the mix is is just a, a tragedy for for this country. If um he will test executive power. Like no oh other president we've seen. Though. Wait, wait, wait. And and you know, while we can, so, while we can, so, <laughs> no, like Obama. Okay, like look, right? Exact executive power really started expanding in Bush, continued expanding Obama, and now same thing with Trump, right? No, no doubt about that. But I think he will expand, try to expand executive power in a way that we have never. I seen. totally agree, Mark. Don't and, conflate. And, and yeah. Don't conflate personality. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I'd suggest you think about not conflating the president's personality, which it isn't his personality. But I, I, you're, I take your point. Bernie will test the limits of presidential power on policy matters in a way that Trump hasn't yet, hasn't yet. But, but on policy matters, Mark, you it, can't it, it, possibly fundamentally different from what this country was founded of upon, law right? issues. You can't possibly take a more extreme view of executive power than the president and his attorney general have taken. That's not that's but not um, that's executive not, power. You're talking about rule <laughs> of law. You're talking about the law. No, you're you're, you're conflating two no, things no. here, Mark. You know the no, fact I'm, that he's going to use executive power to advance socialism in this country is something. It it will be something that we've never seen before. And, and and worse yet, perhaps communism in this Jim, country. So, something we ne- it's it's, it's yeah. so much fun to gang up and that's on not a spirit you. Tactic. <laughs> it's so You're much a fun. Republican Howard, we know that. You're not hey, a Trumpster. Alex, a Trumpster. one of one of our but, colleagues, the great Alex Campo, this this morning called me a chameleon. So guilty. Not, not I'm a in chameleon. This well, no one's ever gonna question. That she that, that she is absolutely a <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, guys. Always well, a pleasure, guys. I'm I'm bringing Patrick Martin to the next uh, podcast. Well, Mark, and as I recall, you are you you're so disgusted with the state of politics that you're leaving the country for Super Tuesday. I am leaving the country for Super for <laughs> South Carolina and Super Tuesday. I'd say uh, 60, 40, it's still more likely than not that I come back, but, but we'll see. Depends on the primaries and the weather. So Jim, Patrick, and I are going to argue in your place next week. How about that? 
I appreciate that. Unless you want to do this podcast from where you're going. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's going to pass. No question on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, you can watch the debate and see if we got it right or wrong. Pod bless hey. America. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.